0: Welcome to this Leadership and Personal Empowerment Podcast with your host, best-selling author, organizational consultant, and professional speaker, Dr.
1: Joseph Michelli. I've been talking a great deal about service-centricity as the foundation for customer-centricity. Let's further that discussion to examine what it takes to execute a service-centric business strategy. I'll be using the UCLA hospital system because of my intimate knowledge of their operations, thanks to the opportunities afforded to me to work with Amir Rubin, the Chief Operating Officer, and others in the course of working on a book about UCLA. UCLA is undeniably one of the premier hospital systems in the world. On measures of quality clinical outcomes, they're in a class of healthcare systems with the Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, Johns Hopkins. If you had a complex medical condition or a transplant need, you would be very fortunate to be at UCLA. However, if you wanted world-class customer experiences, UCLA might not have been for you. That's where Amir Rubin and numerous other leaders at UCLA came in. Leadership saw an important opportunity to raise patient service consistency to the level of their legendary medical outcomes. The need for the elevation was highlighted by overall patient satisfaction scores in the 40th percentile, a far cry from enviable levels. So how does an academic medical center with an annual budget well over $1.3 billion, 1,000 inpatient beds, more than 80 specialty clinics, and 8,000 employees elevate its service culture? It started with a crystal clear understanding of UCLA's health system purpose, and that required making adjustments to the corporate vision, raising service to a more prominent place. In its basic form, the vision was be the best, and represented a reasonable flow down from the corporate mission of delivering leading-edge patient care research and education. But to be effective, a vision statement must help shape personal and relevant responses from employees. As such, the UCLA vision now reads, healing humankind one patient at a time by improving health, alleviating suffering, and delivering acts of kindness. From the standpoint of the revised vision, Amir Rubin shares,
2: If you think about this kind of strategy deployment, leading-edge patient care education and research doesn't speak really to people's passions and objectives and why we're all here. Yes, that's our mission. We're doing those things. But what do we aspire to be? What do we aspire to do? And how does that speak to the researcher, the physician, the nurse, the housekeeper, um, the accountant, the person in finance? I think the improving health, alleviating suffering, and delivering acts of kindness—I think—speak to different people in different ways. But certainly, uh, we want to improve everybody's health. But sometimes it's only alleviating suffering, and sometimes, particularly if you're not directly in the in the bedside, um, or even if we think about what business we're in—you mm-hmm. know, we're in the caring, we're in the kindness business.
1: So, have you translated your mission statement into a vision statement? My friend Terry Paulson says the difference between a vision and a hallucination is how many people see it. Is your vision statement compelling? Does it help people have a line of sight opportunity to appreciate what's necessary to create service excellence? For
0: more resources and information about creating customer experiences, igniting staff empowerment developing key leadership and communication skills, leveraging change, and mastering humor skills, please visit josephmichelli.com. That's J-O-S-E-P-H-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-I dot com. Until next time, may your life be filled with abundant laughter and success.